Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 175th, 4th? I don't know. 100, it's Six. one. One of them. Uh, edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice. Me not knowing the number is part of the charm. We're talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, who are uh, everything must go. We're having fire sale, um, which, yeah, it's begun. The sell-off has begun. So that's what we're here to do, uh, to, to break it down. And when I say we, I mean me, Drew Fairservice, and then joining me as always. Uh, Dougie Ford. Oh, uh, my boy. My boy, uh, for the people. <laughs> yeah. For the people. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Andrew Stoughton, Stoughton, how are you? I'm okay. You're pretty good? Sure. You are the prospect maven, uh, Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, uh, let us talk. Let us talk low A prospects. I am a man no, capable we'll, we'll of, get to of reading things, uh, unlike perhaps many Blue Jays fans. I can read a slash line and mm-hmm. be like, wow, that's pretty good. And then I don't need to add, add any context because I don't want to. Well, Drew, you sound like you got these fucking kids in their mother's basements. They're looking at stat lines. They're not talking to Brian Cashman. They're not talking to the people. <laughs> they don't have the access that I do, which I don't use. Uh, and so <laughs> I feel that it's... Uh, you know, honestly, I feel like it's an abomination that they are out there trying to coerce the narrative into the direction that they feel is appropriate. When uh, you know they're, they they don't even know anything; they're just sitting there in their in their parents' basement. Who among us? <laughs> we'll all be in our parents' basement at one point, uh, sooner rather than later. So, <clears throat> the big today there was some news today, the day Thursday that we're recording this. Uh, Jhap was traded. By the Blue Jays to the Yankees. All the 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 inter the interdivision trades have just gone. Used to be uh, forbidden, forboten, but now kosher. Zach Britton plays for the Yankees now. Traded from the Orioles. Uh, Steve Pierce traded by the Blue Jays to the Red Sox, and then today Jay Happ traded from the Blue Jays to the Yankees as well. And Jay Happ was, of course, traded for two players, minor league, prospect, quad A, triple A guys. God only knows. <laughs> they are they are the, they are mother of pearl. It all depends on the way the light hits them, how you decide the quality of uh, Brendan Drury. And what's that, Billy McCaskill? Is that his name? Uh, McKinney. Uh, M- McKinney. So, uh, yeah, Happ gone to the Yankees, which Yankees fans, some of them, ones that I saw, a little uh, lukewarm. On the concept of uh, Jay Happ coming, some Yankees fans, the more fringier Mongo types, are uh, convinced that he wouldn't, he won't even make the wild card roster, is what they've said. Which perhaps he won't. I mean, uh, it's a wild card game. Those are not yeah. an accurate representation of the best team to win the playoff series. <laughs> yeah, he may not be. But, he may not be in the bullpen for the wild card game. That's correct. They may leave him off that roster and then put him on the. Uh, ALDS roster, should they make it, which they presumably will. Why would they not put him on the, the wild card roster, pitch him out of the bullpen? He got a that save in true, the All-Star actually. game. Yeah, good point. He's showing his, his Very versatility, versatility these days. Cashman. So it <laughs> is uh, sad to see Jay Happ go. I mean, I don't think... I, when they when the Blue Jays acquired him moons ago from Houston... I don't think that we would ever picture that this day would come in 2018 and 
the world would be crashing around us, and like the, the literal end of days is would be at the doorstep. But Jay Happel have made, a, I believe, um, he's in the top ten for all time starts by a Blue Jay. Yeah, or wins or something. Jay yeah. Happel, yeah, you know, he's been around a long time. He, uh, uh, he's been really good. That's the thing. I mean, it, it took so long for him to shake that reputation of the first, you know. Uh, which was, I think, unfounded a lot as well. You know, he was always a better pitcher than people sort of thought. In the, you know, I think there is the narrative that he went to Pittsburgh and and got completely turned around. But if you look at it, those changes were sort of starting to happen in Seattle before he got traded that year. And if you look at it, uh, he was pitching really well before he got hit in the fucking head with a comebacker uh, in Tampa that time when he was pitching with the Jays and then fucked his knee up and, you know, took a little bit of time to get back on track. So if you look at the overall season numbers of what I I will assume was 2014, 2013-14, didn't look so hot. Uh, But if you, you know, if you thought about it with, you know, a bit of context uh, and looked at his starts, you know, off the DL and kind of gave him a little bit of a break for that. He wasn't, you know, he really wasn't that bad. And he's, you know, and and he's only shown since he has returned as a free agent, which was also, you know, just despised by a lot of people. Um, More probably because their signing him meant that the idea of them signing David Price was out the window, which I think I, as I recall at the time, I pushed back against because I was like, no, you need you need magical thinking to think that the Jays are going to sign David Price anyway. So there's you know you don't really have to have that much more magical thinking to think that they could do both. Um, but yeah, no, I mean he's just been so ridiculously good uh, in a very unassuming way for the Jays over the last couple of, of years. Was integral to their uh, their playoff run in 2016. Uh, everybody seems to like him, all the people that are really close to the team and are there in the in the clubhouse on the field and following him around. And, uh, you know, it will actually, surprisingly, you know, if you, if somebody woke up from a coma that was there, you know, in 2013 or 14 or whenever the hell that was and, and heard, all, heard us saying about this about J-Hap, uh, they would think we were, you know, they were on another fucking planet. But, you know, he's been uh, he's been terrific. And you know, good to good to see him get a chance to get a goddamn ring, with, even if it has to be with the Yankees. Except now I have to cheer against him, which sucks a little bit. Yeah, that there it is a little conflicted. I have there are conflicted feelings about that cheering for the Yankees. Of course, doing against the Yankees means also like cheering for the Red Sox, presumably, or cheering for the Astros. Uh, Jay Happ, interestingly enough, does have a ring. He won a ring with the 2008 True. Phillies. True, which I didn't know about, and a Phillies friend friend of mine. Uh, dutifully ran into my mentions with that in his in my face, being like, "I don't think you seem to remember that, you clown." Uh, because he was actually 2009 was the year that he came second in the Rookie of the Year vote when the Phillies went to the World Series again and lost to the Yankees, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I, he is. Uh, you were absolutely right about a lot of people had a lot of great things to say about him. Um, you know, really come to enjoy his time in Toronto. There seems to be. Uh, uh, there was a ground, not a ground, but a lot of talk over the last year, and, and I know that I've said it as well that trade him now and then re-sign him first thing in December, like bring him right the hell back. Sure, um, if he wants to come and if he wants to get on that sort of, uh, as I mentioned before, the AJ Burnett uh, with the Pirates sort of loose goose one year at a time. You want to, you got to keep playing. Sure, all right, back you come. No, you're done for now. Awesome, cool. See you later. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, he pitched well, and like you said, he was integral to the 2016. Uh, playoff team and 
127 starts, I think, you made for the Blue Jays, which is uh, a pretty high number, number higher than a lot of uh, a lot of guys. I think Jonah Bierenbaum, who does uh, baseball for the score, wrote shared a sporacle that was like top there are people who made 125 starts for the Jays, and uh, there his name is on it. With some other names, I never would have. I got many of them wrong because I didn't. I never think very well of those sporacle things. I just start typing names, and as soon as I spell one wrong. And I close the window. I'm like, no, this is fine. <laughs> um, but now I think it is, of course. So as I said, Yankees fans, some of them are cautiously optimistic. And they're noting that for the Yankees, he's an upgrade on um, Sessa and uh, some of the other sort of fringy starter guys that they have. Um, it maybe take some of the pressure, pressure, whatever that might be for Sonny Gray, uh, who's really struggled. And I, I thought there was a chance that maybe Gray would be in a trade like that. Maybe the Yankees would want to get out from underneath his years. Um, given the the struggles that he's had this year, but um, uh, it's not Sonny Gray that's coming back to Toronto. It is uh, Brendan Drury and Billy McKinley, whose name I am going to get wrong again. Yeah, I think it's still McKinney. Still McKinney. Still McKinney. I think Billy McKinney. So what 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 do we think? So Yankees fans have held Brendan Drury in a very high regard, even though he only played. He just came to the team at the. Uh, in in well, when what trade was he in? He, he was, was in, in February. Uh, Steven Souza went from Tampa to where? Oh, the fuck right, he right. It was I think to Arizona or whatever the hell happened. Mm-hmm. There was a three. Yeah, that's where he is two. now. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, Brandon Drury's got some power. He has no position. I don't think that. To me, that was the the good sign of a good trade when the guys are in it. So it's like P J Hap in exchange for. And then it's got guys who have slashes in their positions. Um, <laughs> but the positions that, that, that are mentioned are the crappy ones. Like, oh, he plays second base and third. And this guy plays first base in the outfield. I'm like, oh, that's a red-ass flag right there. First base <laughs> outfield means he's not good at anything. Well, uh, But no, yeah. well, why don't you talk me down I would love and feel to. like the Brandon Drury is a, is a good pickup? I would, I would love to, frankly, because I think a lot of Jays fans... Uh, have this all wrong. I mean, he's a natural third baseman, but he has the versatility to play in the corner outfield and then at second base. That's not really where anybody, I think, wants him to be, but he, he could do that. Uh, he did do that. You know, he was, a, I think, an outfielder primarily uh, for the Diamondbacks in 2016 and then 2017 uh, played uh, more all over the Diamond. I don't know if it was second or at third, to be honest, but, uh, but he is a guy who... Uh, and, and I... I was joking, obviously, about the mother's basement bullshit earlier, but it, it, he's somebody that obviously uh, teams really covet. And I wrote about him for The Athletic today, uh, here on Thursday, and there, there was a piece by the New York Times about uh, how the Yankees had tried with three different GMs of the Diamondbacks to try to get him. They thought that he was uh, he was an undervalued guy, a guy who, uh, you know, as like I say, he he didn't quite have a position there in their system, and and really went out of their way to try to acquire him because they thought he could be something for them. Uh, <laughs> mostly a stopgap until uh, Miguel Andujar came along, which obviously that uh, 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 he came along a lot faster than anybody expected. Uh, and part of the reason that Andujar came so fast was that Drury uh, was on the disabled list in April. He was their starting third baseman to start the year. Uh, he complained of uh, migraines and also mentioned that he had this, this thing with blurred vision. And I don't, you know, I made it kind of the central point of the the piece that I wrote. But uh, but and and maybe you don't want to do that. But uh, 
he finally admitted to the Yankees when he got there this year that he'd been dealing with like this blurred vision thing for a really long time. Like his whole pro career, he hadn't been seeing the ball quite right. It's and and you know, there's a great piece by Mark Carrick of the Athletic, who's one of the New York writers there, who you know quotes him say quotes Drury as saying, and we thought about it all the time how much better he would be if he was, you know, swinging at balls that he could actually see properly. And so he finally got that fixed. He could see properly now, uh, but in the process ended up losing his job. And that's kind of why, you know, it speaks to why athletes in any sport and in baseball as well, hide injuries and don't want to talk to their teams about their injuries or, or talk to things that they can play through. And, be, and, 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 you know, you see that all the time. So he, so he is that story and ended up going down to the minors, uh, had a rehab assignment that sort of got exhausted and didn't, you know, they didn't bring him back up because there was just no room for him on the roster because Andohar was just playing so well, uh, which is actually a boon to the Blue Jays because it has pushed his service time around to the point where they have him now for four years after this one as opposed to three, uh, which is uh, which is a nice thing. And he's just a guy who even before the vision thing was was understood, was really coveted and thought the, you know, not necessarily a high draft pick, but a guy that I think teams looked at what he could do offensively and thought that there was more there. And that's what Ross Atkins said uh, when he talked to reporters after the the trade was made. Uh, in the, the Carrick piece that I linked to and the piece that I wrote, you know, that's what Drury says about himself. Uh, he worked with uh, I forget the name of the hitting coaches, but there's a, an LA-based group that helped overhaul the swings of uh, of JD Martinez and Chris Taylor uh, that he, that Drury worked with over last offseason was trying to get you know uh, the thing that everybody does, trying to get more uh, loft, trying to, to hit the ball in the air a little more, trying to tap into more of that power. Uh, as I noted in the piece, if you look at the numbers since he's been back, since having his vision corrected, the walks have gone tremendously up for him. I mean that is at the AAA level, but. Still, mm-hmm. it's you know perhaps a sign that that is a skill that had been untapped before that with the vision correction has been there. And I think he's a guy that, you know, as much as it's really easy to scout the stat line and to look at uh, what he has been with the Diamondbacks and, you know, he's been basically a league average hitter or below. He hasn't, you know, produced a lot of war. But this is a guy that, that Cashman really believed in and really tried to get. Atkins really, you know, doubled down and, and insisted on, you know, being a part of this trade. And if you read, Carrick has a new piece about how the uh, how the trade went down. He basically says that Cashman blinked and overpaid, uh, which I think I've seen a lot of today's fans on Twitter here on Thursday night kind of rolling their eyes at because they don't think that it's an overpayment. Maybe they're right. You know, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I think there is definitely an other side of who Brandon Drury is that is more exciting than a lot of Jays fans are giving him credit for because they're looking at a guy who's been in the big leagues, had, you know, 300 games, had a thousand plate appearances, not really been an exciting hitter. Uh, but, uh, you know, the people who are on the ground and, you know, whose jobs are fucking on the line about this sort of stuff really do seem to believe that there's more there, that he's, that he's capable of more. And I think, you know, and when you think about it from a Jays perspective, because I think a lot of the fans are also kind of looking at him as a piece that seems redundant or doesn't seem like it's special enough to, you know, separate himself from the other guys that they have for second base, for third base, for corner outfield spots. Uh, I think the Jays believe that he is. I think they really think that he's a guy who's going to be an everyday player for them and can be uh, an above average everyday player at third base or, you know, wherever he lands. You know they could could be wrong, and nobody is nobody is wrong for looking at some of those stat lines and thinking that doesn't seem super exciting to me. But it's uh, 
it's one of those things where I just I I, I think that the uh, that he he is actually perhaps a really interesting player and and one that the Jays went out and got because they think he can be better than a Devin Travis or an Alenmus Diaz or you know I mean obviously anybody's going to be better than Vlad Guerrero at, at, at third base but uh, you know Guriel and Solarte who's probably going to be on the move you know there's there's still lots of dominoes to fall they don't have to fall right now but there's lots of guys with value that they have and they're collecting assets and and. I think are in, at the at the point where they're going to let the cream rise to the top, and then if there are guys who they don't really think have a place in the organization, they're going to move them for something else that they think does right. So I think that's where they're at, and I, I don't think that anybody should be upset about the fact that that's how they've handled this. You said a lot there, obviously, and and there's a lot of things that that I am kind of thinking about. Thing one thing that you stuck me was not special enough. And I think that's the problem that probably a lot of Jays fans have is that, and that was probably my reaction too, because of his proximity to the big leagues, because he's a guy who has experience in the big leagues, because he's not a fresh-faced kid who's been tearing up, you know, the some short season league somewhere. There's a perception, I think, that his ceiling is limited because he's not young or he's not this or he, he didn't hit 40 home runs in some, you know, uh, some in the high desert league or whatever it is, but it is interesting to hear you describe him because in a lot, in, in as many ways as possible, he is a high ceiling player, right? He's a player who has a lot of potential. And, and as you said, and, and um, reference so kind they, of the professional so opinion say. about of him. So they say, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but that's, that seems to be what a lot of people think. Yeah. Well, no, I'm no, I'm not suggesting that, you know, but I think that again, because of who he isn't, fans and i would definitely count myself among this when the trade was first announced is that it's not sexy but that doesn't mean that there isn't a high ceiling there right that we got so much talk about moving about raising the floor and and about bringing in depth and it's just like oh here they just took the, the kind of easy way out they brought a guy in who they who is more of a known commodity he's got time in the big leagues he's not going to embarrass himself out there Blah, 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 blah. Fun, Maybe fun, funnily he sounds a little bit like jay hap when the jays re-signed him as a free agent there not untrue. Not untrue. But the one, so on one, so I, I'm of, I'm, I'm of two minds here. Number one, I get that. I get that the cynicism or the skepticism of him becoming something more than he is, um, uh, you know, people are entitled to that. Uh, number two, I do get that that even though if he's post hype or however you want to describe it, there is there is there could still very much be a, a great not a great player but an above average big league contributor on a good team lurking within. He hasn't had the opportunity or the health or all the other extenuating circumstances um, to to work in his advantage. But the and then the other thing I think about is the way you describe him. It sounds like a guy whose ceiling is Steve Pierce because he's not really particularly great anywhere, but he could do a lot of things for you. And he's a nice hitter, but maybe he's not an everyday player. He's a but then the other side of it, it's like Steve Pierce has carved out like a nice career. Steve Pierce is a, is a good player, and 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 you need a Steve Pierce, but. I think that we are all conditioned to want to swing for the fence and want to take on a player with more volatility in his outcomes, a player with that high ceiling, even though it's un- however unlikely it may be. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not. Maybe you know. Maybe I'm, these are my thoughts that I kind of go back and forth, being like, "This is shit." He sounds like Steve Pierce, and I'm like, "You could do a lot worse than Steve Pierce." You know, like I'm having these internal debates within myself as yeah. you were. 
you know, explaining, <laughs> expand, expounding on your point. So, so I, I do think that, that, that I would, I would agree that, that the, that the professional opinion on him is such that he is a higher ceilinged player than we think because he's not young and sexy and isn't at the top of the list. And he isn't not a, he's not a, you know, this top prospect or he wasn't, there's no, these lavish comps being thrown on him. It doesn't mean he doesn't have a nice ceiling as a competent a player who could play every day at a, at a number of quasi premium positions. Um, so it's, there's a, there is a lot to like, um, you know, I think that, I think that we, you know, when the, when the Yankees say that they overpaid and when Cashman bit the bullet and Jay's, like you said, Jay's fans rolled their eyes and the Yankees fans rolled their eyes too. They're like, Oh, they didn't overpay. He's nothing. I don't know. But, but uh, it's, it's a, it's tough. It's, because there are so many outcomes, and there's just so much that we don't know, like who who he really is and what he can be. So it's uh, it sounds like he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that was that was something that he said. Atkins was like, "Yeah, you're playing tomorrow, so we'll see tomorrow." Yeah, I mean, Atkins said that they coveted him for a long time, uh, and mm-hmm. they, they are not the only ones. And and you know, as much as uh, I know, someone in the comments at <laughs> the post that I wrote uh, sort of was rolling their eyes about the idea, you know, positional versatility. But it's like you know what that means is that. I don't know if the Jays find a better third baseman, he could maybe be their second baseman. If they find a better second baseman, he could maybe be their left fielder. And 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 he's got enough of a bat that he could play at any of those spots. And for a team like the Jays, it's in transition. That is, uh, you know, obviously moving towards the the Guerrero era, and is uh, I think quite smartly not still building around. You're not looking for these these lottery ticket guys. I know that a lot of fans were looking at like, uh, you know, just thinking about what they could get and, you know, what double A player they could get or what single A player they could get who might really be something down the line. But it's like the the next the next few years are really important. And also, I mean, uh, you know, not just for the Blue Jays because it's such an opportunity with having Guerrero and Bichette and some of these guys come up who could really hit the ground running and be. Uh, be extremely valuable on really low salaries. Uh, also, you know, this isn't something that fans think of, but if you're Ross Atkins, <laughs> I mean, can you can you wait for the payoff from these kinds of trades to be five, six years down the road? And it probably wouldn't have been that long. You know, there's maybe a happy medium, but he thought that there's, you know, he could get four years out of Drury who that could be really good and can, you know, maybe be able to point to that as as something that, you know, as a win for the team, trading two years of J-Hap for a regular, you know, an everyday player uh, for the next four years. I, I saw somebody, another person who responded to a comment on the piece that I wrote was about, uh, was talking about how it just felt like it was, uh, the return was less than what they got for Francisco Liriano, which uh, I don't think is true, but I do, I do get why it's easy to sort of maybe retcon what Teoscar has looked like since he came over and 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 mm-hmm. believe that that's true but uh but also you know he's a, he's an exceptionally flawed player in a lot of ways too i mean you look at the on base you look at the fielding uh oh you look at the fielding all right <laughs> you'd rather not look at the fucking fielding but but you know it, 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 i i don't know that this this return is lighter uh but it just depends on how willing you are to believe in in Drury and, and the guys who are getting the reports from the scouts and the analytics departments and are, you know, and, and, or me just a <laughs> dumb, dumb fuck on the goddamn internet. You're looking, looking at these, you know, just reading some stories about, uh, 
you know, where he's at, why he's there, what's happened. And, and you know, the vision problem is, again, I don't it's we're very we're very willing to accept it with Danny Jansen when it's our guy and he's and it's worked out. But here people are kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Vision's going to be better. So he's going to be better. And it's like, I don't I don't know that uh, that could very well be a real change. And I think that he was coveted before that was a problem. So uh I, you know, like you say, it's not a it's not a sexy pickup that has kind of been like the mantra of the Blue Jays since uh, uh, since Atkins and Shapiro have come around, especially at the big league level. They're not trying to they're not trying to shoot for the moon at the big league level. There may be, you know, some of the draft picks have been, you know, more higher risk. Uh, some of the international free agents that they've gone after and, and spent some decent money on that market have been higher risk, which is probably smart because those are markets where the money is mitigated and they, you know, you could take a risk because it's not going to destroy your budget. You might as well. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to come off like I'm the big Brendan Drury backer, but I just think that there is a, 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 a narrative or a, a a, a direction that the conversation went about him when the trade happened, which was that this is a very unsexy thing. And I think it was a lot rooted in, uh, you know, not, not having seen a lot of the, the surrounding context of, of why he's where he's at, why his seasons have gone the way they have and why uh, he hasn't quite tapped into that potential yet. And, and I think it's, you know, it almost reminds me a bit of Randall Gritchick, who, you know, also had the vision thing and, and looked so bad at the start too. So, so, uh, you know, that's something that we have to discount, I think, you know, as, as always, but, you know, if, if he comes out and, and has a bad April, like Gritchick did, you don't write him off. And Gritchick has been, you know, it looks like a, it might've been a really solid pickup for the Jays, right? I mean, that's a guy who might be an everyday center fielder for you, who, you know, will, give you 25, 30 home runs or whatever it might end up being or, or whatever it could be going forward. And, and, you know, as much as those, you know, those aren't the guys who are going to win you championships, those are the guys who are going, or who are going to play next to guys who will win you championships because you need, you know, players, two win players, two and a half, three win players, guys who in their best years can, you know, exceed that to complement, you know, the real stars of your lineup. And I, I mean, I think that they, they were smart in accepting that, it's okay to get players like that as opposed to fishing for someone who might be that down the road and might not and and you know taking on more risk than they really needed to I, and i and i do not think you know knowing what we know about the way the blue jays operate uh that they that, that they were you know they that they didn't think about every fucking dimension of this right i mean i think that that's it's very deliberate everything that they do it's crazy that someone said, uh, whether it was online or in real life or in your imagination, that that the Jays got more for Francisco Liriano. That's that's a silly thing to say. Yes, frankly. Uh, but I think it does speak to the to the bigger point, which is Teoscar Hernandez had very limited big league experience. He had some, but not nearly as much as Drury. So it's either a that is. Evidence to suggest that Drury is bad, but it's also B doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. But as soon as there's the less information to go on, the sexiness goes up. The the it's always much easier to dream when it's mm-hmm. like, well, look at how he crushed AAA. Like, well, that's great, and you know, AAA. I don't I don't give a shit. Uh, what about this <laughs> other one, uh, Billy McKinney? What do we, what do we know about this uh, young man from uh, Plano, Texas, according to uh, Wikipedia? Uh, he's got no power. Is that his thing? He can't hit the ball over the fence, or he can. 
Uh, you know what? I didn't look too much <laughs> into this guy. Uh, I did. There was a Kylie McDaniel tweet about him that I that I noticed, which was kind of like, I don't know. People seem to think he's maybe a bench bat. I think I saw somebody say hey, maybe a poor man's Grichik or something like that. Um, but I would be lying if I sat here and, and told you that I, I, oh, he didn't, I know he anything didn't. about what he is right now. This whole thing was like no walk, like stop walking this year. It's also striking. Oh, that's, I don't know. He called, but, uh, 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 McDaniel called him a Ben Gamel type, uh, which is odd because McKin- McKinney does have, uh, I hope to fuck it's McKinney. Uh, it is McKinney. <laughs> but no, he called him Ben Gamel type, which is odd because uh, McKinney does have some power, uh, which Gamel does not. Um, but, you know, uh, sure, that's fine. Like a, a bench outfielder kind of guy. I mean, he's just, he's a guy with maybe a little bit of upside beyond that. Uh, obviously been in a bunch of trades. Like he's been a, t- a guy that teams have been willing to give up on, but also teams have been intrigued by, right? Like he was in the, uh, the Chapman trade and he was also in the Samarja trade, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. the Samarja uh, to the, to A's the A's. Or... Yeah. 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 And so he, uh, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, from, yeah, and he went to the, the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, and he went to the Cubs, and then went to the Yankees in the uh, the Chapman trade. So you know, I don't know. I must admit, I haven't thought about him nearly as much as as uh, as Drury. But well, you know what they say, and, and he's a guy at a spot where you know we all are kind of looking at where the Jays roster is at. Sorry, well, you can tell us what they say in a second, but we're, <laughs> we're looking at where the Jays roster is at, and it feels kind of full, but it's also like you know it's full of unexceptional guys right so if you can keep adding more guys then you'll eventually hopefully be able to suss out which one is more exceptional than the next and so if Pompey and Alfred and Dwight Smith don't be don't become what you need you'll have other options behind them or other guys around and that's kind of seems to be the philosophy that the Jays are operating with you know they're not uh, which, you know, a much more sort of Anthopolis-like philosophy was, okay, we have this, this is covered. We got, uh, you know, Ricky Romero, we got a starting lefty, we're good. Okay, well, let's let's do something else and, and not, mm. I mean, that's obviously shitty of me and that's not quite how that worked, but it, but it was, it was just this, these, the, the way that these guys think about depth and think about, about like, what a good problem it can be to have too many guys for one spot and not being afraid to be, you know, falling in love with one or falling in love with too many that you can't move them. I don't think that they're operating like that at all. Like they'll, they'll move guys and they'll obviously have to, you know, with the way that they've, uh, they've set themselves up now, which is good because then they can move those guys for more good guys. I think the one, the one thing that this trade or any trade or all this, this kind of, these kinds of conversations when, when the, a team trades, you know, established major league players for minor league players, prospect, ex-prospect, graduated prospect, whatever it might be, is that part of being a fan now for the hardcores, people who are going to listen to this, people who are going to interact with guys like you and I on online, you and me, I should say, hmm. uh, you have a love affair that comes with prospects. You fall, you, you, you learn about their name on draft night or when they, the one year they make a big jump from, they go from low A to double A, whatever it might be. And then you have, you know, you have an emotional, emotional investment in those players often. So Billy McKinley might be just like a, whatever to a Blue Jays fan. who doesn't know anything about him before. It is still McKinney, but yeah. What did I say? He said McKinley. Again? Yeah. Fuck. 
Billy McKinney. <laughs> but some Cubs, some Cubs goon was convinced that that Billy McKinney was going to be a cornerstone of the Cubs outfield in 2017. You know, years ago, or some Red Sox or some Diamondbacks fans, should such a creature exist, was convinced <laughs> that that it's going to be Jake Lamb and Brandon Drury are going to take over when they trade Goldschmidt or Goldschmidt, and then like whatever. Like those those people would have those attachments to these guys, where when they get dumped on you as a as a post hype, as their maybe uh, prospect trajectory is on its downwards you know slope, you 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 shrug your shoulders and you're like this is a bullshit haul for J Hap. You got a bunch of years of control. Congratulations, like I give a shit, uh, which is also part of an okay reaction because you like I give a shit. You got all this control, uh, but the other thing about Billy McKinney. Is when you have the opportunity to acquire white Ezekiel Carrera, you just got to do it. You cannot hesitate. Pull the trigger. Get white <laughs> Zeke. You know, it's. Uh, I just keep thinking of the Chicken Lady. Mark, uh, you know, Mark McKinney's classic, classic Kids in the Hall character, the Chicken Lady. So I that's how I, rem- that's this- how I remember that it's McKinney. There you go, the Chicken Man. Um, there was another <laughs> trade. That happened. Why, we'll move why, on from that. Why Ezekiel Carrera would be the chicken man, perhaps? <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he would that's... have a, like an actual, yeah. There you go. Uh, Sung Wan O oh took. Mm-hmm. So the Rockies, who spent all the money in the world on the bullpen, have now made uh, two. Well, they traded for O, oh, uh, who uh, got a bit of a rough start with the Jays because he didn't have a spring training. His signing was late after it got his medical was failed in Texas. Uh, and then he turned out to be really, a, really fucking good. Yeah, mm. there was a visa thing maybe with him too. He didn't pitch for a while because there was a work visa stuff. I think there was a work visa stuff when he came to the Jays yeah. after his deal after fell the, through with the yeah. Rangers. Yeah, so his spring training was very abbreviated and um, not coincidentally, or perhaps coincidentally, his April or his early uh, starts were a little rough. Um, but then he turned out to be like really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, even though his velocity never came all the way back to I think maybe what we thought or hoped it would be in the early days. Really effective, obviously, like a true professional guy who's been a closer all in Japan and Korea, and had a great year in St. Louis. A little rough last year, and then uh, and then now the Jays <clears throat> signing and gave, giving him that option um, looks pretty savvy as they've been able to turn him into I don't know a couple of guys, what? a couple of guys, a yeah. couple of guys, yeah, a couple more depthy lottery picky <laughs> warty players. Yeah. Warts. That's the that's our prospect beat. Warts. What are the warts on this guy? What's the guy? What's the guy's name? SpongeBob? Lives in a pineapple under the sea? (laughs) There was Chad Spamberger. uh, Mm, That's him. SpongeBob. uh, Who's the one we knew first because he was was pulled from a game on Wednesday night. Uh, I I dove deep into him. He is a guy, you know, I I saw people talk about, you know, Rowdy Tellez because he's, you know, a positionless guy. He's a first baseman. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are platoon issues with him. There are ballpark factor issues if you look at his stats because they are video game stats uh mm. not only not only is that he's been playing in, in like grand junction on the other side of a goddamn mountain in, in colorado uh and and in Asheville, which is a uh, an old-timey stadium from the 20s that is you know uh, uh about you know, 200 feet down each line uh, he's he's also a college hitter who's been playing in uh in low A, right? He's been playing in the Sally League, the equivalent of the Midwest League. Uh, 
Uh, so college hitters don't usually go there, and I saw some people speculating that maybe the Rockies had had been had sent him there to uh, uh, to be showcased for a trade, and then that it's worked out for them. But but I think that you know the the Tellez comparisons, while perhaps apt because of you know he's just defensive uh, defensiveless positionless slugger. Though I also I think Baseball America was kind of higher on him. Uh, than a lot of other places that, that maybe suggested that there's some sneaky speed there and that he could you know potentially you know maybe play left field one day which you know who gives a shit but uh, <laughs> but, but 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 the power way to go the power apparently is not just a ballpark illusion the power is is real he won the Midwest League or the sort of the Sally League uh, home run derby uh, he was the SEC tournament MVP he's a guy who. Uh, you know, it really clicked for him as a junior in college, and then he's, as a pro, I mean, he's hit everywhere that he's gone, which has been two places and is about to be a third. Uh, still, twenty-two year old in in you know low A. In we're, low we're, A, we're not talking about uh, we're not talking about Vlad at nineteen ripping through double A, right? So, uh, but then, oh, is that what he's doing? <laughs> so I've heard. Is that still going on? I thought that was over with. <laughs> But so I don't. So Spanbergers may you know maybe a guy maybe a guy with some some upside uh, down the line, uh, and then the other guy was Forrest Wall, which uh, you know we've all we've all encountered. That's uh, that's that's where the, you find the playboys behind them in the in the mid eighties. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, he's a, he was a uh, he was a thirty fifth overall pick as a second baseman, which I think has made him intriguing to people because that's just not done. Because why would you pick someone that high? Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Rocky and the, the fucked up thing is that the Rockies, well, they really like to speed in his bat, and his speed has just like every year like drops a grade. They're just like this guy, this fucking guy's getting slower. We really thought he was going to be like the speediest guy, and you know, was, you know, spraying line drives to all fields, and the bat has still been okay, but uh, apparently the speed has. Uh, and I, as I'm rambling about this, keep in mind this is just shit that I read like today, right? Like, like yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I do not understand the whole thing where people are, are, uh, you know, following every single. Pro- I couldn't possibly remember half these guys' fucking names. We still can't pronounce fucking Billy McKinley's name properly, and, but like, like you know, to me, there's the chicken man, chicken man, <laughs> right? There's... Billy McKinney. <laughs> There, there is to me. There's just there's so little point following a lot of this stuff until this moment happens, and this is where you get the opportunity to learn about somebody, and then hopefully it sticks. Uh, and so, well, as long as as long as all the cards are on the table, then it's like you you are have a fully cop to your curating opinion. Yeah. You're like this is what Baseball America said. This is what BP said. Or you do your best to remember who it has who it is that said it, but you're not like well you know he's a forty. 40 current, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. the power plays up. Yeah. Like the I power had, of the... Like I had a goddamn uh, stopwatch on his fucking, uh, on his fucking time from, from the plate to first. Clearly not. But anyway, so he is a guy who uh, was really bad at second base in addition to the fact that he is the speed <laughs> went away. Uh, also didn't really hit. It took him a while to... He, he went to high A and uh, sucked, really pro- profoundly sucked. Uh, in the California League, uh, his first try at high then was really good the second time around, which is nice. Um, or I think, or actually, I think maybe it was like a half season he sucked, and then he was going to be. He started out really well, and then uh, fucked up his shoulder uh, diving for a ball because they had moved him to center field. 
which was which was odd, perhaps <laughs> because he could because he had torn his labrum in high school. So his his arm was his arm so fucked that he can only play like second base, center field, left field. Like that's you know, I don't think they think he's going to hit enough to play first base. But his his arm is just toast. I think he fucked up his other shoulder. Played only twenty two games last year. Was was really good again in the California League this year. But that was like the third season that he played at that level. Uh, then went up to Double A and it's been not been great. Uh, you know, at the plate at least. So. <laughs> he's got some prospect pedigree. He, uh, you know, they, people really liked his bat, and they're, they're, the sample size is small enough, and the the BABIP is low enough, and the success that he had in the California League this year is is maybe good enough to not worry too much about how bad he's been in Double A, or maybe that's why he was gettable by the Blue Jays. Maybe they're like, okay, well, we'll bet that this is something we can fix, or something that that uh, that is is not as bad as it looks. But he looks like a guy who, you know, maybe was in the process of stalling out despite having some pretty loud tools and, and being a guy who people thought was going to be able to, to uh, you know, be a line drive hitter, hit to all fields, maybe get to double digit power and, and be uh, a decent glove at second base, which now has been switched to center field. Uh, and, and, you know, who, who knows? But it, uh, you know, when you say it like that, when you put it like that, you kind of are like, I wonder who the player to be named later is, because those, both these guys sound like they might fucking suck. Uh, and yet I saw people today talking about how this was a better, you know, they did the Jays did better for O than they did for, for Hap, which, uh, so maybe I have this all wrong, but uh, but the Baseball America uh, piece about... There are a is. lot of relievers on the market right now, <laughs> That's I think. also true. And, and there's the, also the potential that the the Nationals are going to dump half their bullpen on the on the market. Turns out... Um, but no, I, I was just—I was just going to say this, before before I stop rambling no. about about Forrest Wall, um, mm-hmm. he uh, the Baseball America piece about the trade said that uh, there have been scouts since 2016 calling him an org guy, and a lot of scouts already think he's an org guy, and that there isn't anything there. So this is sort of the you know a project for the Jays. Spamberger's a project for the Jays, um, mm-hmm. but they. You know, that's that's them sort of tipping their hand that that's what they think that they are, that they're a team that can take those guys and maybe help unlock some things. And they have some stories in their, you know, I think probably every team does, but they do have some stories of success in their minor league system of guys who, you know, changed the swing, changed a little bit and have really unlocked their potential. You know, I think off the top of my head, you know, Kevin Biggio, Kevin Smith have done really well this year. Uh, so maybe that's where they're going with that. And they think they see something in these guys. But uh but for me, that was the less exciting package of the two. You know, I'm not. But but then again, I'm not in my parents' basement, fucking looking at his prior draft position, and then just assuming from there. Well, I think you could say he's an <laughs> OFP for just uh, that's my own. I fucking system hate that. So that much. I got. I just cannot take that. I uh, with uh, well, yeah. I mean, there are obviously so many things that need to be taken into consideration, and and that he's a relief pitcher. Oh, and he's not a necessarily a closer, and maybe he's not as uh, high up the food chain as some of the guys that might be out there. But there was a deal out there, and the Jays took it. And I don't know, they did, they did, they got not <laughs> nothing for it. Um, now they got a bunch more trades. That not only is there other, does every team have? Like every non-competing team has a handful of relievers that they're trying to trade. The Jays have a handful of relievers that they're trying to trade. They could trade half of like the entire bullpen tomorrow. So it's tough to be 
holding out hope against all odds that, yeah, should Jay Happ, the guy who can make a big difference to a team, or a guy who's going to be your fifth reliever because you already pay Wade Davis a big pile of money and you gave it to God knows whoever else is making big checks in the back of that stupid Rockies bullpen. (laughs) So off you go. You take take what you can get, I think. And, And if... You you could sit and you could hang out it. And the other thing is that the Jays have so many players like this, one dimensional guys. If they are a seventh, eighth inning reliever, if they are a uh, you know a, the good side of a platoon, that they don't need to rush them all out. They have their own. They have their internal valuation of what they think that they're going to be able to get for a guy like that. They know what's out there. They know how. They know who values them and how. So they make the deal that they can. If it's somebody else like a Granderson, for example, maybe that's somebody that they hang on to. Right to the bitter end, because uh, you never know what's what can happen between now and the end of August. I don't know, but uh, you know, the 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 hap one is the one that's going to get the more. It's going to get that extra scrutiny. Mm-hmm. It's going to get the uh, and then the, the players that are closer to the big leagues and also probably have a better shot between um, Billy McConnelly and uh, <laughs> and and Brandon Drury. Those guys, Drury, again, as as we mentioned before, Atkins told him that he's going to be playing tomorrow. So we'll have to see. And and I guess there are the other the other pieces yet to come. There are the other the, the fallout, right? As as you've mentioned online and 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 here that there are there's still log jams all over the diamond between Solarte and Travis and you know the outfield and whoever and wherever. There, there are other moves that are going to come. I don't think that that's uh, that's not a secret. I'm not telling tales out of school, am I? No, not at all. No, it, it, that's absolutely what's going to happen eventually. And then, uh, and, and this is what I think you know fans sometimes are having a hard time with. But the, the team will be better for it. You know, the more assets they have that are big league ready, that are you know maybe sliding down the Jays' depth chart, but could be potentially useful pieces for other teams. Uh, that gives those players value, and that means that the Jays can go and get something. Of value for them as well, and, and like I say, it's not, it, it, the whole mantra of this this front office since they've been here is that it's not sexy stuff. But if they start filling in third, fourth, fifth starters, start filling in a bullpen, start doing a lot of these a lot of these things on the cheap, which is kind of you know a lot of the a, a philosophy that's maybe imported from their uh, uh, from their days in Cleveland. Uh, you look at all the money that's coming off the books this year. You look at, you know, the, the, I, I don't know that anybody should believe the payroll is going to stay as high as it has the last couple of seasons just because of how poor it's been and how poor the, the attendance has gone. But there should still be some money to do something this winter. I don't know if they will. But next winter, then Martin is off the books, then Morales is off the books. Then, you know, you're looking at a team in the Toronto market with some potentially really, really exciting pieces with like hardly any payroll commitments. And that's that's kind of where you want to be, right? I mean, that's where you can set yourself up to not just be good for a couple of years, but if you use that money smartly and spread it out the right way, and you know, have contracts that make sense and and do the things that that uh, that continue to allow you the flexibility to get out of those those uh, those contracts if they become burdensome. Uh, that's how you become a team that year after year is uh, is really good, and so uh, I think a lot of of that, and I think a big part of that is you know finding guys like Grichik, like Teoscar, like Brandon Drury, like you know guys who are going to be relatively cheap and can be here through these early years of the the Guerrero contract of the of, of Bo Bichette's pro career when they're making you know combined 
just over a million dollars between the two of them. You know, that just that is such a huge opportunity. And if there are real big leaguers alongside of them and real money to be able to be spent to maybe bring in an actual good complement to those guys, uh, they're just I think they're just set up really, really well. And I think that's what they're working towards. And it bothers me not just as a fucking apologist for whatever this goddamn front office does, which it seems like I feel like I have to be sometimes just because of how and because you are because well, you are you, say, but you're a stooge like don't don't run from <laughs> lean in lean in I mean people are just so ready to fucking be negative about it and it's like you know what if you could just stop seeing red and take a step back I you know I think that the that the the stuff where people it's like it's like they don't have a plan it's like they just dumped another infielder in here it's like well really do you think that's what's going on or do you think that maybe you need like like that perhaps Alemis Diaz and Devin Travis aren't for long with this organization right I mean or Leon Jerry Solarte or uh you know a number of guys potentially aren't aren't uh aren't going to be long-term pieces here because eventually somebody is going to rise to the occasion and with through their play going to be like hi i'm your everyday guy at this position and nobody has done that yet but they have given themselves lots of opportunities all over the diamond to find those kinds of guys and once they emerge those guys are going to you know the guys who aren't that are going to get moved for you know more pitching or whatever else they need right there's a part I want to move on. Not that there's too much to move on to, but there's one thing I do want to say that while you're right, and there are people who are just want to see red, and there's no way that they that that the the, the return for Jhap was never going to be satisfactory. I, like I can't think of you know they if because if it wasn't Clint Frazier, everyone was going to hate it. If it was the Yankees, and 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 that that's basically it. If they if it got traded mm-hmm. to another team and there wasn't a big guy. But I think the thing that maybe that I don't know how many people are thinking about this, but the way the Red Sox and Yankees are built, set up right now, mm-hmm. to compete with them, you need to build not a good team but a great team. They're great teams. They're gonna. They're both both gonna win a hundred fucking games this year, one hundred each, and only one of those teams is is beating up on the on the Orioles like like the Jays are. The Yankees are gonna finish second to the Red Sox because they can't beat. The Orioles or the Ray. They could beat the shit out of everybody else, including the Blue Jays. Those are, but the point is, those are two great teams right now. And then you look at the roster and you look at the youth and you look at the people that they've, they've got in and you look at everything. It's a real uphill climb to get to that level. And obviously, when, when, when Vlad and, and Bo and, and whoever else, whichever pitchers, if it's Pearson or, or Reed Foley, whomever else gets to that level, they need to build a great team. And, Hoping against hope that maybe Brandon Drury learns how to be like instead of a ninety-eight way to run straight plus, maybe he can be like one hundred and twelve. Like that, you need those players, like you've said. But it's it's hard to see the road to a great team at any point in the next I don't know however many years. Like there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen between now and then to build a great team to compete with the two other great teams in the division. So I get why it's disheartening to see like a smart, a smart, sensible, you know, uh, safe, safe bets or, or bets on players that that are informed by good decision making. Important, but still not making a great team. I don't know. So I, that maybe that's me. Maybe that's my own. Not to shit on them, the the front office in particular, 
because you can't do that overnight. Uh, and and trading J Hap is wasn't going to be the thing to unlock that probably. Mm-hmm. But then maybe again, maybe it was. Maybe if you do get a Clint Fraser, maybe Clint Fraser is a great player, another piece of a great team. I don't know. You, well, I'm not saying that he was not saying that that was ever an option. Right. right. That probably wasn't. The Yankees would probably never do that. But I mean, do you want them to take you know lottery tickets constantly? Because I don't know that that's really the way to go. And also, more importantly, uh, right. you know. You know Dabrowski's going to fuck that up in Boston, obviously. I mean, they are their their farm system's already trashed. They got a bunch of guys coming up as free, as free agents. They're they're going to he is going to fucking just jowly white hair smile his way through just just fiddle while Rome is burning, and it's going to be delicious. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough, and that's probably not untrue. Then you got the Rays, the Rays who are just we're going to have a, a like payroll of twelve dollars next year. Yeah. They are like Elon Musk <laughs> in that people love to give them credit for shit they did not invent, and also they're the fucking worst. Uh, I don't know what else is going on. We can talk about the actual team. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel, doesn't, he forgot how to get out. Hooray! Way to go. Can he remember how to, how to take a walk, perhaps, though? Why walk? Why walk? You hit it. You get a hit. Two hits a day. Every day. Why would you walk? He's looking like walking <laughs> like early September 2017 Richard Urena out there. That's enough. <laughs> that is, I've heard about enough. No, he's, um, he's, what he's, else he's is happening? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Teoscar looks like a DH in the outfield sometimes. Oh boy, is he having a time out there. <laughs> Man, getting the real, getting some real old man stink in my timeline from the reporters watching uh, watching that unfold. They love, I guess when you, I guess when you have to watch them every day, you can't just like click the channel off. Uh, you're mm. sitting there in the press box, and and the old men are grumbling around you. It just all becomes a, uh, you know, a mob mentality of uh, of just chanting like they're at the dentist. Fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Uh, <laughs> Which isn't to say Teoscar's been time, any good. He's been awful. At the same time. Oh, they've been trash, just yeah. Catch, catch the ball, my dude. Just catch <laughs> Um, Yeah, uh, what else is going on with the, with, the, with the team? I don't know. Strowman pitched pretty well. Yeah. They beat, I, man, that, so I went, to the, I went to the game on Sunday. Wonderful and, tickets. Uh, I had wonderful tickets. Shout out to my, uh, my wife's uncle, Scott. Came through like a boss. Um. Uncle, that cousin, Uncle Cousin Scott or just Uncle Scott? Just Uncle Scott. Shout out to the dude, Uncle Cousin Scott. Fucking A. The, the Edmonton Booster Club himself. Damn right. Um, the Orioles are so <laughs> unbelievably bad. It is shocking how bad they are. I do want to say, though, I made a joke on Twitter about... <laughs> about <laughs> um, what's his name? The the one of the the pitcher the starting pitcher, uh, I can't his name escaped me. I, I made a joke specific. about him. I made a joke about him rooting through the trash and eating something that he found in there. <laughs> that was a joke. I made that up. He didn't actually do that. But uh, Cashner, it was Andrew Cashner. I'm like, oh, I saw God. Andrew Cashner going through the garbage. I didn't. No, um, that is, though Dan Duquette did when he signed Andrew Cashner. Heyo. <laughs> Uh, anything else? I think that's it. we we, we got to do a super bad. I think this week, so we should save some of our hot topics for that. Sure, we'll talk about the. So what we'll do on super bad? We'll talk about the other trades that haven't happened that might. We talked. We touched on them ever so briefly. Uh, we can talk about some of the rumor. What a carrot! There was, that's there was really a, good. Yeah, there was a rumor that was that was floating around today that uh, that of course was then ignited. 
via some social media um, um, activity, engagement. So we'll talk about that on Superbad. Anything else? What else is going on with you? We're all good? No, doing all right. Hey, doing all right. Still all right, as you were before. Uh, all right. That's good. I hope everybody um, is enjoying the transactions, as the Zoobs will, uh, will tell you. This is the best part. Sports. Transactions. Transactions. Rumors. Breakdown. <laughs> uh, yeah, Zoobs has, like uh, like many of us, chewed for Toronto sports teams for a very long time. So the transactions are Kawhi. I mean, good Lord. Uh, <laughs> the transactions are, the, are great. Put the fucking uh, Kawhi banner up already. But the, uh, it's I feel like any sport is is only distracting Zoobs from his real love, which is Japanese wrestling. Uh, which is like I think uh, the only thing that matters in my in his mind at this point right now to the Zoobs and to even the guy like Blake, who's been I don't know how Blake Murphy apparently doesn't sleep. Yeah, he just writes about the Raptors twenty four hours it. a day. Crushes it. Uh, crushes it, but he doesn't find time to watch Japanese wrestling. Well. And went and, and so, went to to uh, to whatever the fuck Slam Fest. I don't know what the fuck is. Curtis Granderson. Oh yeah, you Slam know, big, uh, Curtis Granderson. Yeah, big big fan. Uh, I, That's a great. The, the <laughs> Zoobs has a great uh, Twitter moment of watching an old WCW with, when Curtis Granderson was the keeper of the belt. It is uh, a tremendous t- uh, thread on Twitter. So. You don't follow Zoobs, you do follow Zoobs, but uh, go seek it out. And uh, that's it. Another, another thing we'll talk about uh, on Superbad, like, I'll, the thing that I'll talk about, and Stoughton will nod and, and, and wait, is where I'm going to talk about Otani on, uh, on Superbad. So there's another carrot for you. That's the dangling noise. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Uh, but that's it. So, of course, uh, of course, Superbad, which I, we've been teasing, is the Patreon-powered uh, segment just for the for the for the Patreon sponsors, our podcast is powered by Patreon. It is we have our we have opened it up to our listeners, uh, you the good listeners, the heroes who have um, uh, headed over to Patreon.com/slash/BirdsAllDay and uh, kicked us a couple bucks a month, and uh, we appreciate it. So thank you to everyone who's done so. If you've considered it, if you haven't, uh, go check it out, see what it's about, and then you can listen. You can hear these uh, extra uh, Patreon only segments. And uh, so thank you to everyone who's done that. Of course, you can ha- hit us up at iTunes. And we upload the podcast to soundcloud.com slash birds all day. So you can grab the RSS feed from there if you remember what one of those are. And uh, we're on Facebook. Sometimes we use Facebook from time to time. Uh, Facebook.com slash birds all day. So uh, you can read Stoughton at The Athletic. <laughs> you can read me sometimes at uh, Vice Sports in Canada. And uh, you can follow he and I both on Twitter if you don't already, which I assume that you do. Uh, that's it. I, uh, that's it, right? You got nothing? I mean, we're on Facebook. Are we also on uh, on AOL? Like, what uh, what other dying mediums are we on? We just await it. Well, do you see the thing with Facebook is it's never going to die because even though it's it its stock lost a hundred billion dollars in value or whatever the company itself, which is nothing, it means nothing, it's meaningless. Um, even if Facebook dies, and I pray for its death every moment, um, Instagram is going to be just as big, if not bigger. Instagram yeah. is going to be the thing that's going to carry the day instagram is like um, the, it's the web now it's like you don't you, you, nobody just surfs the internet anymore but it's like its own self-contained internet and it's just addled with teens yeah addled with teens vaping and uh or if you live in toronto um and you like pizza you should go to apocalypse now which is a vegan pizza place by uh christy pitts and there's an, a, a location in the east end as well 
Um, because their owner, speaking of Instagram, went on Instagram Live and did some heroic things that I uh, encourage you to investigate. And that's all I'll say about it. But uh, bike clips now <laughs> at Blur and Christie. Incredible footage. And uh, good pizza, too. They, the, they have the one that, that tastes like a, Big Mac, uh, like a Big Mac, but it's pizza. Incredible. And they do donuts. A pie clips now gets my full vegan pizza endorsement, if such a thing it was to exist. That's it. So we'll be back. We'll do super bad, and then we'll talk to you uh, next week, which will be uh, after the trade deadline, mm-hmm. I assume. Mm-hmm. Looking at the calendar, not that trade mm-hmm. deadline is the be all and end all, but I think, I think the August trade it. deadline is going to be more important for the Jays than the fucking July one. It could well be. So for Stoughton, my name is Drew. We'll talk to you next week on uh, Birds All Day.